0: This is A Sound Purchase A podcast that does a deep dive to explore iconic recordings Episode 13 Faith No More's 1992 release Angel Dust Welcome back to A Sound Purchase we want to announce, happily, quite happily, the launch of our merch site, hosted by Tee Public. You can get a Sound Purchase t-shirt, a Sound Purchase phone case, a Sound Purchase pillowcase, a Sound Purchase tapestry. You can even get a Sound Purchase hoodie or face mask. And don't say that we don't care. We, in fact, care a lot. Yeah. It's a day job, but someone's got to do it. it. Heyo,
1: hey <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I uh, feel like I needed like a um, what are they called like the party things you blow into, and the what and the thing comes out of it. Oh it yeah, that really sad whistle it is a, noise. It's a
0: good day, people. It's a good day. We've launched our T Public site. I mean, none of you are going to hear about this for probably a little while because we're recording this in advance, obviously, but we've launched our TeePublic site. Woo! We don't set any of the prices on this. This is all preset by TeePublic. Is it? Which is, yeah, which is kind of cool, but at the same time, a little bit steep. Uh, but, you know, every little helps, mm. support us. You know, it's we've both got day jobs, we'd rather not have them. You know? Absolutely. Yeah. Right. So, shall we dive into some
1: context? Yeah, let's let's get cracking. Let's get cracking.
0: Today's album mm. is Angel Dust by Faith No More. Faith No More are a five-piece band hailing from San Francisco, USA. They formed and I'm surprised by this, Jake. They formed in 1979. Seventy nine. Seventy nine. How old were they? About 12. Wow. Yeah. Crazy, right? They formed in 1979. It was 10 years later when they released The Real Thing, which was their their kind of big breakthrough, right?
1: Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. They kind of went... Yeah. yeah, they they went absolutely astronomically big, didn't
0: mm, they? Mm, mm. Be more, we'll cross this a little bit later. Uh, but The Real Thing was the first album to feature vocalist Mike Patton who replaced mm. Chuck Mosley. And sadly, for Mike Patton, Chuck Mosley still has bragging rights because he was the one that recorded Faith No More's best song.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I mean that's uh you're not wrong. You're not wrong. Hugely
0: up for contention. But no. I mean Mike Patton we're gonna we're gonna do all sorts of things to him today because he is a legend right whilst we're talking about band members according to their website or and or wikipedia they've listed in this order bassist billy gold it's not often that we get to start with a bass player is it no well isn't he like
1: one of the main songwriters as well
0: yes and a founding member yeah yep so and then we have keyboardist and sometimes rhythm guitarist Roddy Bottom as well, who was... Or is it Batum?
1: I, I've always said Bottom, but... Um, yeah. Depends how sort of posh you're pretending to be, I guess.
0: Yeah. Like, they, they formed the band together mm. with drummer Mike Borden, who... I mean, not only has he got awesome long dreads, but he also has, like, the fattest, thickest tom-toms in history.
1: <laughs> like each one's a floor tom.
0: And Pretty bad. The floor
1: toms a timpani.
0: Yeah, like I, I'm not even joking. I mean, I remember watching uh, the video for Epic the first time I kind of was introduced to them and I was thinking I thought Dave Grohl had the fattest. Well, I thought he did. I Toms. Yeah.
1: You carry on. I'm just going to watch the yeah. video for Epic.
0: And that's thick with two c's by the way. That's just T H I C C thick guitarist Jim Martin big
1: Jim Martin
0: big Jim Martin who I always thought looked way out of place in the band just judging off appearances judging the book by its cover cuz he looks about 10 years older than, him, than the rest <laughs> of them um and again like watching watching the video for epic and I don't mean this as a slight but he's got the big beard I mean, Mike Patton looks so young in that video, but Jim Martin looks actually like a granddad. <laughs> you know, so I was always like, man, you're out of place. And of course, vocalist Mike Patton. My first introduction to Mike Patton was actually through his other band.
1: Which one? <laughs> Mr. Bungle?
0: Uh, oh, Mr. Bungle, the name had just eluded me there, yeah. So when I was recording with... Uh, TK, who we've previously mentioned on the Little Bushman episode Mm. TK is quite a big fan of Mr Bungle And uh, being, you know, 13, 14 years old at the time He played us clips of Mr Bungle Like, especially the song, and I don't know what the song is But it's a song of basically Mike Patton going to the toilet (laughs) (laughs) And being 13 or 14, we thought that was amazing so, singer Mike Patton has previously stated, I think that too many people think too much about my lyrics. I am more a person who works with the sound of a word than with its meaning. Often, I just choose the words because of the rhythm, not because of the meaning. Fair enough. I'm calling bollocks.
1: <laughs> um, I am for some of it. Yeah. I mean, like, not everything that he writes is going to be like that. but.
0: There are songs that have definite meaning to him and it's like you haven't just chosen songs because otherwise you'd be just going Oingo, Boingo and the rest of it, you know, like, yeah. Friends of the podcast. Friends of the podcast, Oingo, Boingo, although Danny Mm. Elfman is actually coming out to be a bit of a dick at the moment. Oh, is he? What's
1: happened?
0: What's he done? Oh, no, just like um, there's something coming out because they're doing this uh, Justice League Zack Snyder cut four hour epic. Mm. And uh Danny Elfman was hired to to redo the justice cut when Joss Whedon took over.
1: Right, okay. And so
0: he erased basically all of Junkie XL's score and previous scores from the uh Batman v Superman. So like there was a Batman theme and he's like, Nope, nineteen eighty-nine Batman theme. That is the only Mm. Batman theme. Yeah. I
1: mean, he's sort of right, but. Oh. Well, no, there's the animated Batman theme.
0: Oh, the animated Batman theme.
1: So good. That's. That's the only yeah.
0: Batman. And the Edge did a Batman theme too. Yeah. Was it? Oh, was it no, the actually, the,
1: the 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 Batman theme yeah. is Adam West's Batman theme.
0: Well, yeah, exactly. So, anyhow, you know what, Mike Patton. I mean, I got a lot of time for you, man. You're you're a huge legend. We we love you, but don't tell us what to do. We're gonna analyze your lyrics because that's what we do, man. Okay, you can't put lyrics or poems or books out there and like ask them to not be analysed. That's what we do.
1: That's what John Martin did.
0: Yeah, and I—I I mean, to be fair, John Martin's lyrics make less sense. <laughs> <laughs> these these lyrics are more coherent than John Martin's lyrics. But even still, I understand that you may not put as much thought into your lyrics. You know, when you think about like oh. That's a really nice simile, or that's a really nice extended metaphor. You probably don't break mm. it down like that when you're writing them, but that doesn't change the fact that they're there.
1: Well, that's true. You know, yeah.
0: and it's like like we say, you know, we're studying Key Stage Four English, GCSE English, looking at Animal Farm, looking at Of Mice and Men. You know, these books are studied because, not because the John Steinbeck sat down and went. I know what I'll do. I'll compare this guy to an animal all the time. That's what I'll do. I'll write a book and compare him to an animal. No, no, no. You know, it's it's almost, I'd probably guarantee it's almost probably a bit of a happy accident. Oh, probably.
1: Almost certainly. I'm not
0: trying to say there's no thought put into this process. I am. <laughs> you are? Good. Okay, well, yeah, yeah. you know. Yeah, fuck you, Mike Patton. Yeah.
1: Oh, I like Mike Patton. <laughs> Anyhow. Nah, he's a good yeah, egg. He's I a mean, good egg.
0: The thing is, oh, when I was prepping the notes for this, I just didn't want to sit here and, like, every song go, oh, Mike Patton's singing. It's amazing. <laughs> you know, like, I've really had to restrain, <laughs> my, restrain myself because uh, his singing is amazing, don't get me wrong. He's probably mm. one of the strongest most eclectic singers in music history mm. probably he's like in the, pop music um, history especially
1: The uh, things he can he can do with his voice yeah like even outside of singing just uh where he's done voice acting work for yeah various bits and bobs is
0: crazy yeah well and, and the
1: range the man's got the range just goes on forever yeah well they, they like say six octaves isn't
0: Rose has got the biggest range out of everyone. He doesn't. <laughs> no, they it's... they say that he does, and uh, then then I think Freddie Mercury's up there too. But Mike Patton is mm. well. You, when you think of a good singer, everybody always defaults to Freddie Mercury, and he was incredible. Don't get me wrong.
2: Mm.
0: No one ever really kind of sits there and goes, "No, Mike Patton." Mm. And I'm sure Mike Patton's but kind he of is. happy with that. You know where he's <laughs> got their bit of a non, and he's a little bit anonymous. But yeah. Anyhow. Uh, Having garnered a lot of attention for the real thing, the album that we've been talking about, and probably more so the lead single, Epic, like we've said, the band for Angel Dust set out to accomplish something different. And this something that they tried to accomplish left the critics and record company flummoxed, but it has become really celebrated by the fans. Mm. I mean, I don't want to spoil the podcast now, but this is probably my favourite Faith No More album. It's the one I know the best.
1: Yeah, and I'll probably say the same. I've
0: had a lot of arguments with Pubba, friend of the show, <laughs> had a lot of arguments with Pubber about which Faith No More album is the best because he keeps claiming it's King for a Day. King for a Day, that's the one. And every time I sit down to listen to King for a Day, I actually wind up putting Angel Dust back on. <laughs> you know, it's it's been a hugely important album for me. Over the over the past few years, uh, probably since two thousand and fourteen, I was fortunate. I went to see them in Hyde Park at the oh yeah you uh, did B S T festival.
1: Lucky man.
0: Oh, it was it was fantastic. So I was at an all day festival. Uh, my father and I were at an all day festival, and then the next day we took a twenty four hour flight to New Zealand. So we went from like elation to absolute depression. Not because we we're going back to New Zealand, but because we were on a plane for like 24 hours. But anyway, the the band showed up in black pre shirts and collars. And the stage was completely kit out in white. Like they had sheets over everything. And I mean, the day itself was pretty, pretty metal. So everything was normally pretty black, but they, they covered everything. They put out massive vases of like flowers and all of this. And it was just really the opposite of what I expected and I knew the band I knew them previously I mean I mainly knew epic and easy which I'm sure we'll talk about today and so I had a bit of a kind of like yeah these guys are all right but I just sat there for the entire show just like oh my god oh my god Papa was also present on the day and he said they were on fire he'd seen them actually quite a few times before. And said that they they can have a lot of or they've they've had a lot of off nights when he's seen them, but that was an incredible, incredible show. So just to explain how metal that day was, it was also on the bill was Motorhead, although we've discussed this before. Lemmy wasn't in a good state. I mean he was probably like a year or two away from his death. But uh right. it wasn't it wasn't good. Soulfly played, who I didn't really care for that much. Um, Does anyone? No, you know. Does anyone care uh, for Soulfly? Wolfmother played, which was wicked, uh, because we had the main stage, and then there was like a tiny, teeny weeny little like Spiegel tent, and Wolfmother were playing in there, and the queue was huge to get in. Have you
1: you seen the, the clip of Mike Patton not liking Wolfmother?
0: Uh, like like no. it may well
1: have been at that show, but um, he's doing an interview and you can hear Wolfmother playing in the background. He just like, "What is this shit?"
0: Sixties <laughs> Italian music with an orchestra that I'm really psyched about. Uh, I'm doing a record with Dan the Automator. I'm doing a record with Tobin. Um, me and Roselle are going to do a record. I mean, there's you know, there's always stuff to do. You don't need to look very far. And these are all things that really I've been wanting to do for five years, so in a strange way. Are you hearing this?
3: Sh-? What year are we in? Forgive me. But Wolf Mother, you suck.
0: <laughs> Help me! Am I fing crazy? Can I get an amen?
3: But it's only like oh, it's only six one man. Like, sh- oh my
0: god enough already
3: are people that stupid i
0: guess they are well wolf mother they were they were it was packed we we lasted about two songs with wolf mother because it was it was pretty rowdy in there um sound garden played and again it was about a year or two before chris cornell died and they were all right but to be fair i think faith no more overshadowed them all Apart from Black Sabbath, you know, no one, no one overshadows Black Sabbath.
1: I mean, you say that, Black Sabbath released a lot of
0: dross, Uh, let's let's be honest. Okay, (laughs) Um, no one, no one out, outshadows Black Sabbath on their farewell tour. And they had a lot of good shit as well. Jake, this leads us into the game show segment. Ooh. Jake, in this episode, you're going to be playing for another friend of the show, a listener called Michael J. Mm. Douglas. For Michael from Douglas, Pennsylvania. No, it's not the Michael Douglas, and nor is it oh. Michael J. Fox.
1: Right, I
0: got it. Fair. I did get excited when I saw the name because I thought, <laughs> well, I wonder if Michael J. Fox has just changed his name to Douglas so that it's it's like you
1: know. a uh, what's called a
0: pseudonym." Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, Michael yeah. J. Douglas, hailing from. Pennsylvania.
2: Pennsylvania 6 five, nine.
0: Not Transylvania, Pennsylvania. He got in contact with us uh, through StephSquatch.com. Uh, there's a contact us section and said he heard of last week's winner getting the swag bag of merch, of all that stuff. Hence why. Oh, Do we yeah. understand why we've uh, opened up our own merch store now? So so that we actually have some merch to give away.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah. No uh no cards that we've kissed or anything like that this on there though.
0: No, not or not during the COVID the lockdown. Yeah, yeah. No. No. Yeah. If you want a chance to win, lucky listener, if you want a chance to win a swag bag full of sound purchase merchandise, like the aforementioned tapestry and pillow and phone case.
1: I'm gonna just jump in. I thought you were joking when you said a tapestry. Can you actually I, legitimately I buy a tapestry? I'm not
0: joking. You can buy a sound purchase tapestry. <laughs> I think the tapestry itself is actually just like a flag. Oh. That's yeah, what I'm still. thinking it is, but it's actually on the site listed as a tapestry. I don't pick the <laughs> names people. I just I just designed the stuff. And yeah, so if you are wanting a chance to win a swag bag of sound purchase merch, contact us through social media, Steph Squatch blog, or StephSquatch.com. So good luck, Michael. Good luck, Michael J. Douglas. Today's game, Jake, is based around the name of the album studied in this episode. I have mm-hmm. five true street names of illegal drugs and right. five names that I've made up
1: right okay your
0: task is to decide if the name i have said is a street name or fiction right okay okay all right right here we go number one blind squid blind squid
1: I think that you have made that up.
0: Is that your final answer? It is. Locking it in?
1: Uh, Yes, Chris.
0: (laughs) I I prefer Jeremy, actually. (laughs) No, I don't. I haven't seen it. I I really don't prefer Jeremy. I've, I've always liked a bit of Chris. Blind Squid is a street name for Ketterman. Yeah, oh, Alright, really? I found these names on a online database for alcohol and drug addiction.
1: Okay.
0: Yeah, yeah.
3: So. Who's calling He's calling it blind
0: squid? That's- oh, you wait, that's I mean I'm I'm trying to start off pretty pretty normal. <laughs> and we're gonna we're gonna get crazier. Okay. All right, okay. Number two Electric Cool. And that's...
1: Really hoping you were going to say boogaloo there, but... I know, I know. Electric cool.
0: Electric cool with a K, like Kool-Aid.
1: You know what? I I want that one to be real, so I'm going to say yes.
0: Are we locking that in? Uh, yes. Electric cool is... LSD. E... Yeah. Why? Who comes up with this? I don't know. Number three. Devil's tongue.
1: No, that sounds like... um, I don't know what that sounds like. It sounds like, you know, if you've licked your cat and you've got, like, hair on it and you're you're gagging on... Yeah, (gasps) no, that's what that sounds like to me. I don't think that's a drug.
0: Are we locking that one in? Yes. Devil's tongue is made up. Hey, number four, Tombstone. Great film, but is it a street name of a drug?
1: Funny enough, I've been playing PS4 Spider-Man, and I've just done the uh, the side mission where you you, uh, fight Tombstone. He deals drugs. Um, oh, does he? Yes. Now, if it's yes, so how many? How many questions are we doing? Five? Oh no, it's ten, isn't ten. it? So there's ten total. Yeah. If it's yes, we're already free into our real drugs. So, and I think that's exactly the kind of move you'd make. So I'm going to say it's real.
0: <laughs> are we locking it in? Oh yes. Tombstone. Wonderful film. Ghost directed by Kurt Russell. My man, he has the best moustache in that film too. Ah. It's made up. We need to get a sad. <laughs> <laughs> okay, number four. Like number the sad Team America. America. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, number five. Cow patties. Cow patties. Cow patties. That's uh It's like a. Uh, another name for basically. Oh, I know what a cow
1: pat is. Yeah. Oh, yeah. you know what a cow pat is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay.
0: All right. All right. You
1: know. Do you take me for some sort of non cow pat? Knowing scrub. No, uh, I'm going to say that one is also not true.
0: That's not true. that your final answer. That's my final answer. Cow patties is mushrooms. Magic mushrooms. Oh, f- shut up. <laughs> yeah. Why well, is there a
1: street name for magic mushrooms? <laughs> it's I like... don't
0: know. Huh? There's mushrooms. Okay. Yeah. Number six. Third eye. What
1: well, like David Blaine had on his hand.
0: Yeah, not to be confused with third eye blind.
1: I think I'm going to stick to my guns, it's not a real drug.
0: Third eye is made up. Mhm. All right. Number 7. <laughs> the Vulcan Death Pinch. Vulcan Death Pinch. <laughs>
1: Oh, I mean, I want not that, to, be to be confused real, with the
0: Volva. Yeah,
1: I can't, I can't, I can't, I don't think that you'd get a street name for a drug as Vulcan Death Pinch.
0: I did tell you they get weirder as we go along. Yeah, but it can,
1: doesn't mean you've not made it up. Um, well, so we're on three and three at the moment. So
0: Vulcan Death
1: Pinch. Um... No, I don't. I think you've made it up.
0: Is that your final answer?
1: It is. No tools, unless you're going to give me like a fifty-fifty. Okay. Or ask the audience.
0: Do you want to ask the audience?
1: Well, you're the audience, so yes, I'll ask you. Uh, is, it, uh, is it made up?
0: <laughs> I did actually read this week that uh, when you're on Who Wants to Be a Millionaire, most of the audience select the wrong answer because they're the family members of the contestants. Yeah, I've heard next. that. Yeah. So, you've locked in that it's made up. Mm. Vulcan Death Pinch Fiction. is made up. Hey. Yeah. Ba-ba-ba-bow. Bow, bow, bow. Okay. Bow, bow 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 indeed Number eight. Kryptonite.
1: Yeah, I can see that being a thing. I'm going to say that's real.
0: Hey, Locking it in? Locking it in. You don't want a 50-50?
1: <laughs> well, I've used the... Uh, did I not use the 50-50? I haven't phoned a friend.
0: You haven't phoned a friend?
1: Hang on. Give me just okay. one minute. Uh yeah You're not uh, doing this on your phone are you Because I'm about to, about to call you Oh <laughs> <laughs> No I'm not I'm
0: not I'm joking Kryptonite locked in Locked in Kryptonite is Crack cocaine
1: Oh wow okay <laughs> yeah. yeah It's Kryptonite for okay. people uh,
0: <laughs> Number nine Cheesing Cheesing Yeah
1: Not just cheese No, no Um. (laughs) Cheesing Cheesing Cheesing, yeah What, that's the name for a drug Not the act of taking it or anything
0: I I guess that one Without trying to give it away That one is more about the act of
1: Right, okay (laughs) Cheezing, um, yeah, we'll, we'll say that's real.
0: So, what you have to do when you're cheesing is like you—you you have to get the cocaine and water and let it curdle, and then just basically let it ferment. Right? <laughs> but no, cheesing is made up. Aww. That was uh, taken from South Park. Okay. <laughs> Where they, where they have the cats and they get the cats. Oh, to yes! In their face. Yeah. <laughs> yeah! Oh, crap. Yeah.
1: I can't remember. I didn't remember. I yeah. can't believe I didn't remember That's that. That's
0: all one. right. That's all right. And the final one. The final question.
1: Well, it's real. Batman. <laughs> I mean, if we've got five real, five fake, I think we've had five fake and four real.
0: I don't so know, I'm it, keeping count. Yeah. It's real.
1: It's real. It's okay. real. Unless I've miscounted.
0: Batman is another name for cocaine. Cocaine-o. Why? Why? Why, Batman? What did you keep count of what you got? Yeah, I got ten out of ten. You got ten out of ten. Yeah, oh, I know. Ba-ba-ba-ba. Ba-ba-ba-ba. No. Uh, I I actually counted that you only got four there. I think I. Uh, yeah, I think I only
1: got like four. So nothing for Michael Douglas
0: Sorry Michael J Douglas Sorry Michael J Douglas Uh, You're not getting anything This time Okay so should we take a listen to the album Let's
1: Seriously let's I might just listen to it Have it under the background while we're doing this
0: Land of Sunshine Released as a promotional single for the record, they had a lot of music videos made for this record. Yeah. Yeah. Like usually what, there's two or three, but there was there's quite a few on this on this one.
1: Yeah, but they weren't all singles, though, were they?
0: They weren't all singles, but they had a lot of music, music videos. Video.
1: Well, it was the MTV yeah. era, wasn't it? It is. They'd seen it how is. much how how well they could do just through having one video that was went big on there. So uh,
0: True, true. Uh, so, Land of Sunshine released as a promotional single for the record. It's a great opening song. Really, really like it. It's not Black Shuck or Uncontrollable Urge, but it is is still a great opening song. It's based around this little kind of this bass riff. Boom ba da boom ba da. And I love the surprise halftime. So it starts off with this kind of really rocking da 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 and then it just kicks into halftime. Mm. It's it's quite cool. The lyrics are allegedly almost entirely based on fortunes from Fortune Cookies and the Oxford Capacity Analysis Personality Test, which is administered by the Church of Scientology. Yep. Yep.
1: <laughs> pretty pretty much. Um, yeah. But altered slightly to fit the rhythm, basically. That's true,
0: yeah. So uh, the lines taken from the Fortune Cookies are virtually unchanged mm. and appear throughout the first and second verses of the song, and they are... Life to you is a dashing, bold adventure. Mm-hmm. Sing and rejoice. Fortune <laughs> is smiling upon you. You have a winning way, so keep it. You are an angel heading for a land of sunshine. Pat yourself on the back and give yourself a handshake. How do you give yourself a handshake? Weird. That one, yeah. And there are lines taken from the personality test, although, as Jake said, um... They are slightly altered. So the personality test says, do others push you around? Uh, Two of the questions were shortened slightly. Uh, Do you often sing or whistle just for the fun of it? They say just for fun, don't they? Yeah. 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 And do you sometimes feel that your age is against you too young or too old? That was shortened to, do you feel sometimes that age is against you? And then, of course there's the unchanged question Does emotional music have quite an effect on you? I really like that. Yeah. Yeah.
1: It's yeah. Just an interesting way to to do a song. Yeah. Uh,
0: uh singer Mike Patton has said that he wrote the lyrics for the song and the next one, Caffeine, during a sleep deprivation experiment. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. apparently he just deprived himself of sleep and was watching TV.
1: Pretty much, yeah. yeah. Or people watching. Yeah. He did a lot of people watching on the album, as, throughout the album as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. So like going to like like, cough, dive, dive sort of truck stop sort of things. Yeah. Which I suppose is where you'd go if you needed coffee at stupid o'clock in the morning.
0: I guess so, yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: Or a diner or whatever, yeah. Yeah. Okay, uh, the, the chorus features maniacal laughing... Which sounds menacing, Jake, but it's not quite as menacing as the Muppets' maniacal laugh.
1: Maniacal laugh. (laughs) Maniacal
2: laugh.
0: (laughs) The vocal performance is fantastic on this song. Patton is working his way through three characters, as I've as I've noted: the traditional Hmm. singer, a narrator, and what I call the ugly sound, which is the sing and rejoice. Sing and rejoice. Now
3: for the next question: Does emotional music have quite an effect on you? Do you real sometimes that age is against you? Sing and
0: rejoice. Sing and rejoice. And that's that's all I've got.
1: All right, well, that brings us nicely into Caffeine, which, as we said, was the second one he wrote while he was doing his weird sleep deprivation thing and obviously yeah. having a lot of coffee. Um, it was really hard to get any information on this because if you search for information about the song, uh, everyone just starts talking about Land of Sunshine. Yeah,
0: <laughs> so yeah awesome. no, I, I had the same thing.
1: It's like, Come on, guys, yeah. they're separate yeah. songs. Can I have a bit of... Yeah. Um, this, I know we said earlier with, um, you know, it's probably a bunch of crap that he doesn't think about as lyrics too much, but I, I do genuinely get the feeling from this one that it's more of a stream of conscious thought, more so okay. than anything else. Um, so I did have a look into it, see what people made lyrics and bits and bobs like that, and it just seemed very um, reaching,
0: you know what yeah. I mean? Like
1: grasping at straws, almost. sort of genius thing. Genius
0: has a lot of people trying to be geniuses.
1: Oh, uh, actually, no, I don't think there was any on genius.
0: Oh really? Yeah, I found quite. I found quite a bit on Genius, but maybe not for this particular song.
1: Apparently, though, that was the only drug Mike Patton did back in the day. Well, he just just,
0: just drank just, coffee.
1: Just coffee. No, nothing but coffee.
0: Wow. Yeah, it's
1: like the days of you girl get a of few his time, of these
0: guys. Well, yeah, it's it's the same as Rollins. Um, Rollins mm. is quite famously straight edge.
1: Yeah. Well, that was that was the scene, Ooh. wasn't it? That was the whole black flag like scene um, yeah one of the things I read online is just there is no deep meaning regarding any of the stuff that the people b- before on this thread of people talking about it had mentioned so masturbation being gay uh, mm-hmm. there was something else there was a few other bits and it is basically a string of consciousness while written while delirious from lack of sleep and over caffeinated uh, the whole thing's in free fall ah so you kind of get this um, yeah, it's like going throughout the whole thing so it's just got this nice driving energy and yeah. they do this really nice thing with a really cool thing they build kind of tension up between each section yeah. by doing that bit of just the bass and the drums uh, which is kind of like the, the bridge but they give you like a little snippet of it just in between just to build a little bit of tension before taking you back mm. into the thing and obviously for yeah. the bridge they build that up for about a minute I think just like and then that just builds up and then it's got that really big He really just start screaming everything comes in all big yeah. and loud it just sounds amazing they, they just do <laughs> yeah
0: yeah
1: that's that's something that's going to come up a, a lot as we're talking about this doesn't sort of overdo it as well. It's very easy to overdo it with building tension. Mm, mm. Doesn't do it. Sounds amazing.
0: Well, th- that's the thing with this album is that it's. I think part of the reason why the guitarist left, Jim Martin, Big Jim Martin left not long after this album was released, from what I've read, is because he didn't want to do pre production. He wanted to figure it all out in the studio sort of thing. Yeah. And the band have clearly gone massive in pre-production, which you can tell because everything is so just figured out yeah. on this album. Yeah.
1: Oh, there's so many samples in it as well. They oh, like would that. have had to have worked out where they were going to get them from, what they wanted to do, use them for and everything mm. like that. Mm. Like At one point, the record company was apparently a bit nervous about how many samples <laughs> they'd used.
0: Well, and that was another thing, is that um, Jim Martin, he wanted to create the sounds himself. Yeah. He didn't want to use samples. He he a bit old school, I guess, in a way, and that fits in with the whole granddad vibe. <laughs> <laughs> my, my notes for this song is that the really good, like they're showing how good they are at the tight verses and then the kind of rhythmically bust open choruses. Yeah. And then it's just the screaming at the bridge as well. Yeah. Mike Patton.
1: Super. All right. Well,
0: the third song... And you'll like this one, Jake. Midlife crisis. I've got a lot a lot of stuff planned for this one. <laughs> Number one on the modern uh, rock charts. The song is said to be about pop princess Madonna.
2: <laughs>
0: I thought that was way too good not to use. But by the way, side note, Madonna has announced this week that she's jumping on the bandwagon and prepping a biopic film about her life. Oh, piss
1: off, Madonna. But wait, there's more. Is she directing it?
0: Not only is she prepping it, she's also writing the film based on her life. But wait, there's more. She is directing it as well.
1: <laughs> Have you seen any of the films she's directed?
0: Like any uh, of them? No. No, yeah. no, no,
1: no. Awful. Oh, Todd in the Shadows uh, did a really good series about it on YouTube. Right. Um, very much recommend him but they are atrocious films. Really? Yeah.
0: I don't think I've ever even seen her act in a film. I know she's in like a league of their own. Evita? Evita. Yeah. But You never
1: saw Evita? I mean, don't bother, yeah. it's rubbish, but...
0: Yeah. Uh, so, look, I just hope she can keep it honest for her sake because she's not doing very well at the moment, is Madonna. Is she not? Prior to lockdown, she kept people waiting at a concert for like three hours. And then uh, once she did arrive late, she said, don't worry, the Queen is here, or something like that, and it didn't go over very well. I think people started walking Booing out. throwing yeah. stuff. Yeah, yeah. I think...
1: Well, it's, well, it just shows a massive disrespect for your audience, doesn't it?
0: Well, it's that, and it's the thing of, like, she has been a master chameleon throughout her her career, and I really admire that, to be fair. I think... Her tenacity and her just like the way that she molds her music and career around to fit with the times has been she's she's a a master of it, she is second to none. But I think she's just tried to stretch that one time too far. Mm. Who knows? She might come up with an album in a couple of years' time that actually floors us again. I don't know. She might.
1: When was the last time she had?
0: Well, yeah. And the the other thing is, she did. She's tried to start a like some sort of lockdown empathy trip of like, yeah, we're all in this together, and blah blah blah. And she did it live stream from her bathtub, and her bathtub was not only like massive, mm. but it's like quite clearly that she's living a life of luxury, and it's like, well, yeah, yeah, we're all in this together. But anyway,
1: well, that was that was a whole thing, though, wasn't it? Of all sort, of yeah. celebrities doing the singing and stuff, and it's just like. Yeah. Don't sing at me about whatever it is yeah. you're singing from your mansion. Piss
0: yeah, off. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, was it Ellen DeGeneres is saying, oh, it's just, it's too hard to live at oh, home. Yeah, but she's... And I mean, she's got all of her own problems going on after that now, but still. Yeah. I, it amazes me. Like, I've I've
1: known for a few years that Ellen DeGeneres has been, like, there's been stories online for years about how rubbish mm. a, a human being she is. I just don't get why... It never kind of cropped up. Why it never became such a big thing before? Like, did she have that much goodwill?
0: Ah, no. That what you what you've just said. I mean, yeah. We'll we'll get into that because I've I've said here. Don't get me wrong. I admire Madonna's tenacity, (laughs) but I can't I can't help but see her comparison in Queen Mae from the boys in that thing of like. You know, Queen Maeve has seriously gone through some some rubbish times, but for the sake of being strong, for the sake of keeping her position, she's just, like, muscled it down rather than reporting it, if you will, Mm. and just kept it silent, and it, it does feel a bit like that. But anyway, Patton said at the time... I think it was a particular time where I was being bombarded with her image on TV and in magazines and her whole shtick kind of speaks to me in that way like she's going through some sort of problem it seems that she's getting a bit desperate and that was in I think 1995 he said that in 2002 the band readdressed the song by saying the lyrics apply even more to her today (laughs) yeah The lyrics, though, for the most part, uh, and again, this this is to be taken with a grain of salt, the lyrics all feature some sort of masturbatory reference. He's saying that there's an element to cult of personality or celebrity worship that's parasitic and masturbatory, and the celebrity often knows it and uses it to their advantage. In the second verse, it is almost like he's saying, I'm wasting my seed thinking about Madonna... Who doesn't even care if I do. Ironic, really, as the song is slamming the media, yet it does become a hit song. I mean, that's out of Faith in the Moor's control, but yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's ironic for the media. But anyway, um, signature Faith in the Moor drumming and pumping bass at the beginning Mm. of this song. There's a menacing growl in the opening of the lyrics. There's an awesome synth sound. The pop hook at the end of the song with layered vocals where they've got like three different vocal lines happening at once. Mm. Very Backstreet Boys, but actually I kind of <laughs> like it, you know. <laughs> that's not a dig, people. That's really not a dig. Well, that's the this, this songwriting.
1: This would have been pre-Backstreet Boys though, wouldn't it?
0: Yeah, but yeah, I mean So what you're saying is Backstreet
1: Boys Boys were Influenced with their songwriting By Faith No More
0: Yeah, but they didn't write any of their songs But I mean, I I use them as an example Of like pop music boy bands Of the mid-90s The drum track Last note for this one The drum track contains a sample of Simon and Garfunkel's uh, Cecilia Yeah There we go Very
1: nice Very nice yeah. I feel like you've Got into a lot more Detail on yours Than I have on mine But that's fine
0: I've had two that's of the f- Biggest songs off the Album so far
1: Yeah that's, that's true Yeah That is true RV track four I can't um, see
0: that word without thinking of Robin Williams in a movie about an RV
1: <laughs> fair enough um yeah fair enough um yeah. my very first note that I've got for this is super Mario bros underwater theme because it's the same it's it's exactly the same but yeah, if, you, yeah. if you want to have a listen to it right now just to see what I'm talking about with just Go onto YouTube, search Super Mario Bros. underwater theme, and then give it give it a few seconds. Listen to that, then listen to RV. It's the same.
0: I can kind of hear it, yeah. Yeah,
1: it's, it's the same. Anyway.
0: Yeah,
1: okay. No, 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 don't just brush it off. It is the same. Um,
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: okay. Very in keeping with a kind of recurring theme like we were talking earlier about having something that's really nice, pretty word for a really horrible vulgar thing. So you've got this really kind of whimsical, almost fair groundy music going on uh, while Mike Patton's basically going on about how much he hates himself and his life not him but the character he's portraying in the in the thing um is yeah, it's just like a sweeping s- kind so of, six stages, of isn't it? yeah so full yeah. of self-loathing um yeah. in the third verse he just says i'm going to go hang myself well he doesn't say it like that but that's yeah, yeah, basically yeah, yeah. the third verse is him going to hang himself yeah.
0: um was it uh, belt over the shower curtain yeah, yeah. or something
1: yeah belt over the shower curtain i swing yeah. i think he says yeah Although, actually, at that point, it does get a little bit more full on when really yeah. he's singing that bit. Kind of like goes big drums, big distorted guitars, big, yeah. big everything. And then it just goes back into nice plodding whimsical. Six, it's like, oh, no, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. Boom. <laughs> when I was doing this online, a lot of people don't like this song. I don't get why.
0: Well, my my first note is that I've got a love-hate relationship with it. I do like it, but it's one of those ones. I used to play this a lot, this album, when I was opening up at the coffee shop. Mm. So early in the morning, and there was a couple of times where, like, the boss would come walking in as this song was on, and she'd just look at me and say, what the hell is this? <laughs> you know, so I did develop a bit of a kind of self-consciousness about this song. I no. do like it, but it doesn't... It's not that it doesn't fit on the record, but it is quite wildly different from the remainder of the record. But that's what they were going for with this album.
1: Yeah, I, I don't you know, think they, they were would... kind
0: of going for that weirdness.
1: They were going for that. They didn't want every song to be sound the same because Midlife yeah. Crisis doesn't sound like either of the two before it.
0: You know, no, but it's it, got that's much still more. Very much a a rock band.
1: Yeah, well, say this has this has elements of it. For
0: the most part, it's that plodding, like you say, fairground music. Like the the commentary of the white trash America, where he's like, "I sweat a lot, my feet itch, <laughs> my feet itch, my feet itch." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I married a scarecrow, you know. <laughs> yeah, I married a scarecrow. <laughs> it just it's it is a bit <laughs> weird, but I I really like it. I do.
1: Yeah. Once again, Mike Patton absolutely makes it.
0: With, oh, his yeah. white,
1: with his white trailer trash sort of delivery. But, and
0: Is, like there's, even though Faith and the Moore have this thing of like being funny, like yeah. having an element of comedy and everything, but he 100% goes for this. He's not holding anything back.
1: No, 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 you no. You know no. what
0: I mean? Like he dives into this and good on him for doing it because it actually makes it worth it.
1: Yeah. I think if it had been done any differently, it probably wouldn't be that good a song. no. Yeah, Mate. it's it's him being the character and c- completely living it. It's great. I
0: think it's yeah. time I to talk to my kids. I ah, just tell what my dad told me: you ain't never gonna amount to nothing. Smaller and smaller is the next song. This song I find quite depressing. It's pretty relentless. Mm. Uh, I get the feeling that this song is about the machine crushing everyone to get every drop of product out. You know, wringing the the metaphorical towel to get every last drip of every last like drip of music so that they can sell it. That's what the lyrics are kind of telling me. Yeah in this one although you know we shouldn't be reading into his lyrics no
1: no no you shouldn't that's that's a big no-no
0: these ones are actually quite emotive and quite strong i like the chorus in the song Another strong vocal performance, I mean mm. really, we could just write that for everything <laughs> but especially there's a screech at the end and it's well it's, it's quite haunting how he can screech like that in a way because it's not just like a growl and like a kind of hardcore it's yeah. actually like a full high-pitched screech, and the the bridge is so left of center it's perfectly perfectly unsettling. <laughs>
1: the chorus if Andy Circus wasn't Gollum where he's going keeps coming back smaller and smaller and smaller I'm not going to try and do the yeah. impression that yeah, yeah. is what I would think Gollum would sound like
0: oh wow okay yeah 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 uh, that, it's, yeah that makes a lot of sense actually
1: you know so if, if they ever do another animated version of it he could
0: he could definitely do it Mike Patton you know? as Gollum
1: Yeah. I mean, at this point, Andy Circus is Gollum, but... Uh,
0: yeah, yeah. I've actually, I've started uh, with Year 7s doing a doing a unit based around The Hobbit. Oh, None nice. of them have seen The Hobbit. None of just, them have seen Lord of the Rings. It's crazy.
1: Do you just randomly sometimes splice in that scene with Bilbo where he uh, tries to reach for the ring in a <laughs> Rivendell
0: <laughs> <laughs> just to scare him? Um, no, but that, that's a that's a good good thing that I should do. Yeah, because yeah, got some got some fairly confident and abrasive kids in that class. Yeah,
1: that gets yeah. everyone. Yeah, Oh, that scared me when I saw that in the cinema.
0: Oh, me too. That that always freaks me out. Even now,
1: <laughs> even um, now.
0: But I've I've definitely been having a hankering for watching those films again. The um, all the, all the Lord of the Rings and the and the other one, the Hobbits. I only saw the the sort of't as good, I think the second hobbit was really good. The second one was probably the best one.
1: problem with the hobbit was it didn't. It suffered from massive production problems, didn't it?
0: Massive production problems like Sir so Gilmiro del Toro was supposed to do it. Well, he got sacked didn't initially he? uh well he he did he left. Got any quit yeah, he was producing and writing it. They got Peter um, Jackson in out of nowhere and he was like, okay, I but think the New Zealand you want to make it three like, films? Hey, Pete, come on, let's make it three so we can really get some tourism numbers in because, the, well, for the last 20 years, New Zealand's tourism has been Lord of the Rings.
1: Surely it's, the book's only 240 pages, isn't
0: it? Uh, I don't know, but... Three films. I mean, the last film was basically around the very, very final battle. The Battle
1: of the Five Armies, yeah. Yeah,
0: and it's a three-hour film. Which
1: is completely skipped in the book because uh, Bilbo gets knocked out. (laughs) And that's it. He wakes up and it's over. Oh, fair enough. (laughs) It doesn't get completely missed out, but it's mostly missed out. Next song. Everything's Ruined.
0: One of my favourites.
1: It is a great song. Yeah. Probably one of the more kind of straight-up rock songs on here would yep. you say? It starts with this jank-ass plinky piano yeah. and then it, everything kicks in with the world's most punchy bass it's, <laughs> like, it's like right in the face
0: Yeah, don't forget their trademark drumming as well.
1: Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. like peak faith no more drums. It's, uh,
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's like, it really
1: is. If you want an example on how to play, like the other mic, mic two. Yeah, this this is what you listen to because it's yeah perfect. Mike Borden um, is his name. Mike Borden, thank you. Yeah, have you seen the video for it? No, it's so cheap. It's like Is it? ap- apparently um, Warner wouldn't give them any more money because apparently they had quite a big budget for the other t- videos that they had done, Right. Uh, and basically they didn't have anything left. So they literally camera blue screen, like a blue screen room. Oh, with like these I've awful, seen clips of it. Like yeah, home yeah, yeah, yeah. movie footage in the background, and they're just yeah. having the time of their lives. Right, you can just you can tell watching them that they're all having fun.
0: Oh, that's good. Love I'll it. I'll need to check Absolutely. that out properly. Yeah, yeah. I've seen a couple of stills from it.
1: One of the biggest rock bands in the world at the time. You know, a, a video that probably cost like I could make it now yeah. and it wouldn't yeah, cost yeah. me anything. No, no. <laughs> you know, back then, a few thousand dollars maybe. Mm, <laughs> mm, <laughs> mm. If, and that was probably all just on people's wages. Yeah. To make it, you know, bit of information I got from uh, Followers dot com, which proved to be pretty useful site actually you know how every website everything has its own dedicated wiki yeah,
0: so like yeah, Star Wars yeah. has
1: Wikipedia yeah, 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 and yeah. it's not quite their version of that but it's pretty much that um, but it says about well, this one's contrasting mute euphoric choruses and melancholy verses yep um, it's also one of the only songs on the album to have a proper full-on guitar solo
0: yeah and a really good one as well
1: and a really good one yeah
0: It's actually, I think, when the guitar's playing, it's in like a major key. It's not minor at all, and like everything, no, yeah. in the more is always like minor,
1: almost always, yeah.
0: And that's a really good guitar solo. I really enjoy yeah.
1: it. It's it really is phenomenal, but it's really weird because it's so it's quite an upbeat, funky bass line, yeah. and then quite a melancholy verse, yeah, <laughs>
0: so, so, yeah, so, so. yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: It gets sad funk. Is that a thing?
0: Well, there's there's like some (laughs) slapping and popping, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I I need to listen to it again because
1: is is sad funk a genre that exists? And if not, can we make it a thing that exists? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, you need to. It's not necessarily slow, but
0: no, I suppose. Just yeah. Uh, Well, I've got that. I really like the vocal rhythms um, combined Mm. with the palm mute guitar in the verse. The opening up of the chorus, like you say, again, that's kind of a bit of a trademark faith no more thing. Vocal harmonies in the second verse are pretty incredible.
2: Mm.
0: And I, I believe that's just Mike Patton, although Roddy does some singing live as well.
1: So Jim used to as well.
0: Oh, uh, did he? Um, yeah, big Jim. big Jim. Not
1: much, but he did the occasional.
0: Okay. Uh, melodic but simple and effective keyboard parts, diatonically rising, Mm. which is really cool. And I just absolutely love it when we get to the outro with everything's ruined. Yeah. They tease it throughout the whole song. Once you finally get to the final part of the song, they're doing this, everything's ruined. It's all in a major key. It's really happy. It's really awesome. (laughs) You know, whereas all the other times they say it, they skip back to the minor for the verse. Yeah Mm. I really I really like that song Really like that song
1: Well I think we know What your suggestion For a track of the album is
0: (laughs) Incorrect Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. I like to keep it You're fresh. a crack Hitler man, eh? Nah, no. No. <laughs> um, uh, no. 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 I really struggled with that one. Uh, okay. So the next song is Malpractice. Rolling mm. Stone magazine described this song and Jizz as art damaged death metal. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Patton has said of this song, it's about a lady who goes to a surgeon and she's getting operated on and she realizes that she likes the surgeon's hand inside of her. She doesn't even care about being cured. She just wants someone's hand inside of her. She gets addicted to that. Weird. Weird, but you know, it's again that kind of weird, but funny kind of faith no more stuff. The song features a sample of Dmitry Shostakovich's string quartet number 8 in C minor, opus 110, number 2, Allegro Molto. <laughs>
1: That symphony name It's like Ibanez Had named it
0: <laughs> Yeah Well They, <laughs> they like, did, just yeah, the, the Classical composers Didn't really Do Names as much As just kind of categor, Categorize them
1: no. Well they had the Overarching name And then you'd have Sections from within
0: Yeah oh, well exactly Yeah
1: That thing yeah, wouldn't yeah, you? Exactly It's just a bit silly really Yeah uh, all right, well, yeah. that was nice and simple. Yeah, it was pretty quick. So next one is Kindergarten. Yep. Um, and I do have to... Hats off to FaceTime no War for this one. It's the only bass solo in the world that doesn't <laughs> suck. And I think the way they've done it is it doesn't overstay its welcome, it's catchy and it does its thing for oh, a few it's bars. Really and it really it's, it's
0: really and melodic. Really melodic. Has he got like a phaser or a chorus on there? Something like that, yeah. maybe a flanger or something. Flanger. I don't know. Yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, another thing I really love about this, another one I think I really love about this song is in the, um, the choruses, you get those synth uh, violins doing the stabs. You go going, right, like, over the bottom of everything. I just think it sounds really cool. <laughs> it's not particularly, uh, you know, out there or anything like that. Yeah, yeah. I just think it's a really nice, subtle thing. And if you take it away, it would, you know, detract massively from the song.
0: I've got to, I've got to interject there because I always forget, and I don't mean this as a dig. I always forget that Roddy's actually in the band. Like, <laughs> I always forget that Faith and the More have a keyboard player.
1: Yeah, all apart the time. from when he's being overtly, you know, like the end of epic or, like, or something. Yeah, like there, that. there's
0: those moments yeah. where I sit there and go, "Oh yeah, they've they've got Roddy." You know, yeah. there are moments, but for the most part, you know, you're just like, oh, yeah, it's a band, Mike Patton, Mike Patton, Mike Patton, oh, listen yeah. to his voice, Mike Patton. But, yeah, there are moments where I genuinely forget.
1: Yeah, which well, it's, it's sort of a good thing. It means he's doing a good job of...
0: Well, I think so. That's, that's, you know, texturizing that's like, it's and a stuff. bit of a backhand compliment, isn't it? Yeah. Because I'm kind of saying, like, it's good. I don't even realise you're there, but actually his playing is supportive. His playing is... Mm. accompanying the rest of the band like he is yeah. always there but yeah
1: apart from the songs where he's not
0: well yeah yeah yeah, yeah.
1: but but that's i don't think there are any on this album but well, there's no keys is there i don't think so um it's a bit of a cheesy song as well this one in a good way it's quite cheesy favorite part though the whole thing's got to be the auctioneer megaphone babbling you know, it's just like... Oh, Bruh, right, Bruh, right, Bruh, right, right. Bruh, yeah. yeah. Okay, all right. With the, the megaphone. Love it. Love it. It's just like, what what are you you on, Mike? What are you on, Mike One. (laughs) I love it. I love it. Uh, Why is that a thing? Did you go to an auction and think, yes, Yes, that's the one for me. I was going to buy some livestock, but no, I've got a much better thing that I'm going to do. Go to the studio, record this, put it in my cheesy rock song uh, about how people are stuck in the past and can't grow and mature. And it's going to be amazing.
0: Yeah, well, on that note, I I get the feeling this song is about, obviously, regression, not being able to Mm. uh, mentally advance until you get out of the past or let go of the past and so on. Yeah, exactly. But when I'm thinking of it, I can remember like the shift between year eight and year nine. uh, I guess over here it would be year six and year seven. Um, Yeah. In New Zealand, year nine is the beginning of secondary school. Okay. And you go from being the top dog to being a bottom feeder. And yeah. you're just like in this new school, helpless, and you were the king of the school before, kind of thing. Yeah.
1: So, you're allowed to sit on the benches at the back beforehand. Yeah, exactly. Now. You know, and have none of that
0: exactly. <laughs> but I also view this through the prism of the Inbetweeners, um, where the teacher Mr. Gilbert is giving a, like a leaving assembly at the beginning of the Inbetweeners film, and this is stuck with me. Is this kind of this message haunted me because I was doing this? And he says, I will forget each each and every every one of you you almost immediately." immediately.
3: So, if you do find yourself at a loose end next year, I think it might be nice to pop in and see how we're getting on. Don't. This isn't the Dead Poets Society, and I'm not that bloke on BBC Two who keeps getting kids to sing in choirs. I especially don't want to hear about how well you're settling down at uni or how much growing up you've done in the past 12 months. At best, I am ambivalent towards most of you, but some of you I actively dislike. For no other reason than your poor personal hygiene or your irritating personalities. I hope I've made myself clear on this point and in case any of you think I'm joking, I'm not. I assure you that once my legal obligation to look after your best interest is removed, I can be one truly nasty fucker. (laughs) (laughs) Good luck with the rest of your lives and try not to kill anyone. Reflects very badly on all of us here.
0: And I, I look. I've been. I've been back to my school a couple of times when I go back to New Zealand. Similar thing. Yeah. I've always liked the lyrics of the second verse to this song. Drinking fountains are shorter than they used to be. yeah, oh, yeah. The swings on the playground don't even fit me yeah. anymore. <laughs> I used to think. I used to think that they say "fuck off" at the end of that. But apparently, yeah. It's I folklore. always thought they did. Yeah. yeah. Um so if
1: it, I think it's better if he does say fuck off. I think so to be yeah, honest.
0: The swings on the playground don't even fit me anymore. Fuck off Yeah. up they used to be. swings on the playground don't even fit me
2: anymore.
0: I love the bass drums and synth after that second clip they do that little kind of bass pop groove I think that's really cool that little pop makes everything yeah Next song, then be aggressive.
1: B e aggressive. B E E G G R E S S I V E.
0: Yeah, another another one of my favourite songs, if you can believe that. Yeah, great song. Yeah, written by Bottom, who came out as gay in 1992. The lyrics oh. seem to be the lyrics seem to represent a sexual conquest, to put it politely. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it features a cheerleading chorus, stupid, dec- a feature which Marilyn Manson apparently mm. took influence from on his song "Off Scene."
1: Some some would say take influence. I would just say just outright stole stole the, stole the idea. But uh,
0: well, yeah, you know, yeah. I mean, the panning on the three-part aggressive harmony is really impressive as well, where they go, aggressive, aggressive, oh, yeah. aggressive. So it starts in your left ear, and then to your right ear, and then the third one comes in center. Aggressive, aggressive, aggressive. That's all I got for that one. I love that song so much. I had never really taken too much notice of the... Of the lyrics,
1: no. Reading over the lyrics, it... say so that's probably what the song's most famous for.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, you know, I mean, I've, I've again been shaking my, shaking my booty Some... in the cafe, opening up, singing this song to myself, not taking no, any note of what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> Great guitar whittling as well. It's like. I'm not normally into songs with a lot of uh, guitar noodly and guitar wankery, but uh, right. I think this has done very well.
0: <laughs> okay, cool.
1: So, Small Victory, the most radio-friendly song. Yep. Ever written, actually. Not just for them, but ever.
0: <laughs> okay, all right.
1: There isn't, there isn't one. I don't care. Fight me.
0: I really like this song.
1: Oh, I love this song. Yeah.
0: really makes me feel quite content and happy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think well it's written about recognising the small victories, but also it's that kind of thing of when you're in a sports team and so on, you get so caught up about winning all the time. Yeah. I know the feeling where it's like when people say oh no that was a good game and it's like no we lost let's all be depressed we lost you know we need to feel this one but yeah i really like the syncopated uh, 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 uh. i think that sounds really cool The instrumental section where there's the little dirt, dirt on the keyboards. <laughs> That's so good. I really like that as well. Like that just every time I'm not expecting it. Whoa! Whoa! And it sounds like there's there's a gambling machine in the background. In uh, one of the dirt, yeah, like, dirt sections. Um... So I'm wondering, is that also a small victory? You know, like where they... They drip feed oh, you the little jackpots.
1: Oh, I haven't picked up on the gambling machine. I've literally, listening to that section, It's just I've just heard it. I've never picked oh, up yeah, on that yeah, before. Yeah.
0: There's The gambling is in the left ear and there's something else I couldn't quite pick out in the right ear.
1: It's like a stack of chips being, like, you pick them up and drop oh, them yeah. one by one. Right, right. That's what it sounds like to me. Uh poker chips I should say, not like, you know, yeah, chip yeah, yeah. chips. Uh, yeah, yeah. fries to our American friends. You still won't hear.
0: You still won't hear. You still won't hear. The next song is Crack Hitler. Now I haven't got many notes for this one, but bassist Billy Gold. Claims or Gould claims, uh, crack Hitler is about this drug baron who takes this crack and compares himself with Hitler because he commands enough dependent people. So he thinks he's the biggest one. You know, what's funny about all of this? His skin's not even white. He's colored and he thinks he's Hitler. We all laughed a lot about him. So we had to dedicate him a song. Okay. Right. And. In the words of Forrest Gump, that's all I have to say about that.
1: Yeah, I mean this. This is usually uh, one of the tracks I skip. I yeah. don't often listen to this one. Like if I, if it's just on in the background, fine, whatever. But if I'm actually sat down listening, it's like, just oh, yeah. It's not a, not a strong song, in my opinion.
0: No. Um, no, no, no. And neither is Jizzlobber, <laughs> my opinion. Jizzlobber. I think the pair of them back Jizz to Jizzlobber
1: is, is a weird one. Like, So I did a bit of a bit of a dive for this one. And the structure, you know what makes it so weird is the structure, right? So you think of a normal right. song, you've got an A section, a B section. You have your yeah. so chorus first and you have a C section, which will be your bridge. So normally you'll go yeah. A, B, A, B, C, B, for example. Um yeah. yeah, yeah. They, no, no. Uh, no and, and they'll tend no. to flow into each other as well. So A will logically lead yeah, yeah. into B, should logically lead into C, yada, yada, yada. yada. Yeah. None of that. It's just like, right, we're just changing now. Boom, done. Right, that's it. But the the, the actual sections that it's got are A, B, A, B, uh, a slightly altered B C. D, E, which is elements of D slowed down, and then an F. So wow, that's like yeah. what's wrong, ABC, ABC, D, E, F, six sections, and it's just jarring. It's just jarring the way that it, it goes between them, um, and there's a lot of dissonance. I
0: guess that's the point of it, though. Yeah,
1: there's a very there's a lot of dissonance in it as well, right? Um, yep. it's, it's just not not my not my bag. Um, no I do when the guitar kicks in I get uh, an original Mortal Kombat kind of vibe from the sound of it oh okay yeah It's about going to prison, or like his fear of going to prison.
0: I guess it might be like, uh was it Silence of the Lambs? Silence of the Lambs, yeah. Where the guy literally lobs his jizz over over her.
1: But then I think it was Billy Billy Gould said something completely different. So right. To what Mike Patton said. So who knows? Who knows? The two weakest songs on the album, and they are right at the end, yeah. So, you know, it's okay
0: because they're kind of picked up by the final two at least. Well, originally it was the final one, two on on the re releases, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, on the re release, and mainly the CD, and I think the vinyl that I have, we get the Midnight Cowboy theme
1: originally was the ending track,
0: yeah, which is actually you know kind of nice. In a way I think it's nice to see a band doing a doing a cover like this and mm. it's a cover of the theme to John Barry's 1969 film of the same name. Set in New York City, Midnight Cowboy depicts an unlikely friendship between two hustlers, naive prostitute Joe Buck and ailing con man Ratso Rizzo. Never seen it It's supposed to be really good It's supposed to be very sad Yeah I've
1: never seen it You know
0: Um, I mean hmm. I'm not a big John Voight fan
1: John Voight We love John Voight
0: He has some He has some good moments National treasure Anaconda Anaconda Uh, He was in Ray Donovan He was pretty creepy in Ray Donovan Yeah And then the final song, then Jake. Final
1: song is "Easy" ooh by the Commodores was a strong contender for my best cover of all time. Yeah, I think it was on the honorable mentions. I didn't pick it because I thought you were going to pick it,
0: and I didn't pick it because um, I thought you were going to pick it.
1: Yes, so
0: yeah,
1: much like Satisfaction, it's yeah. uh, actually the best cover of all time.
0: It is uh, but really didn't make good. it onto the list. Yeah. <laughs> Although I've noticed there's two different versions online. Is there? And there's there's another one, and it's got like strings and horns in it. Oh really? I don't like it. Yeah, yeah. it's not as good as. Oh, I know. Doesn't start with none a, of that. Turn the lights down, baby. This one's for all the <laughs> what is it? All the ladies in the house. Yeah. Turn uh, the lights down, baby. This one's for
1: the ladies in the house. Obviously, they, miss, they cut out a verse as well. Yeah. For whatever reason. Why not? Well you know it wasn't adding anything to it no it has the best lead into a guitar solo of all time yep with uh, mike patton's
0: Ew! yeah that is good i i like i love the fact that this this is pretty much just done as a middle finger to their fans and a middle finger yeah, to, their, to the to yeah. the audience like done to spite the audience completely yeah Very i meta. think part
1: of it as well was same with um the midnight cowboy theme billy gould was going through a big uh, easy listening phase right. at the time, yeah. And you know, it's hard to get something that's easier to listen to than the Commodores. That's a sentence. It works. Yeah. it flows well, perfectly. I mean, it I've made heard. Perfect uh, sense.
0: Who did I hear this week? Megadeth doing a cover of "These Boots Were Made for Walking."
1: Right. Okay. Was and, it any good?
0: No, 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 no. It was absolutely like tear your ears off, bad. Because oh wow! They did it in. Like a Megadeth style, right? It didn't work, but no, Faith the More didn't try to put Easy into a Faith No More style. And, they, no, they, they just did quite an honourable cover, and it works. And I mean, it only enhances this whole idea that they're trying to do something different, and you know, they've moved away really from the kind of rap metal of Epic completely on this album. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah,
1: but South once they're one of those bands that don't really stick to a theme for more than an album, really. Yeah. yeah. I mean, overarching, you could say, yeah, they're a metal band, but past that point, it's like, yeah. even within the album itself, there's massive discrepancies between, you know, I say discrepancies, uh, variations yeah. of, uh, you know, between styles from one song to the next.
0: And I, I kind of like good. that, though. I kind of like the fact that, you know, it doesn't matter too much to them, they'll just do a good song as yeah. a good song.
2: Absolutely.
0: Well, anyway, Jake, this leads us into our final questions. Right. The first one favorite track of this album? Probably.
1: Probably a small victory. Small victory.
0: Mm.
1: Yeah, just something about it puts me in a good mood when I put it on. So.
0: Yeah, I know exactly what you mean. I like small victory. Be aggressive.
1: Yeah, that was kindergarten. Contender.
0: Yeah, everything's, everything's ruined, ruined. I think is a, is an that's uh, a really good one. Midlife crisis. I'm probably going to have to go for be aggressive.
1: Oh, fair enough. That's a good shout.
0: It's a great song. I I like Be Aggressive. That's that's just such a good song. Yeah, yeah. So catchy. Good shot. And now that I know that it's mainly about sexual conquests, it makes it even more cool in a way. Okay, if you had any of these songs covered by another band, what song would it be and who would cover it?
1: Uh, It would be the Commodores covering Be Aggressive.
0: (laughs) Oh, I thought you were going to say Land of Sunshine. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. What about, what uh, about you? Uh, that's a hard one. RV by Frank Sinatra.
1: <laughs> really?
0: Just because it's that kind of croony style, you know, like that. See, with RV,
1: I see that's more of a Tom Waits thing. I think he'd do it really easily.
0: Oh, now that is a good shout. <laughs> I swear <to> <laughs> my feet <feedage. laughs> He'd do. He'd yeah, yep. You're welcome. I'm going to have to stick with that. I think I can't get better than that. Tom Waits doing RV. It's a good shout. Yeah. Wish I'd thought of that. Yeah. Uh, I sort of did. We've we've now hit the
1: we have top
0: ten elimination round. Yeah. So Jake, where do you put Angel Dust by Faith No More in your top ten?
1: At number one. Actually, oh okay, yeah, 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 legitimately, this is like the best album we've
0: done. I, I actually think I, think I concur with that. I think I yeah. agree. <laughs> yeah. Okay, all right, there we go. It's yeah. at number one for both of us, so it eliminates Scott Walker's "Scott Two for me, and Blake Mills' "High Ho" for you. It does, yeah. For now, okay. And then the final question, Jake, is. Angel dust by faith no more, a sound purchase. No.
1: Yeah, of course it is. Yeah, yeah,
0: absolutely. I know, I know. Yeah. All right, there you have it, dear listeners. It's a sound purchase for both of us. I've purchased it twice already, if not three times.
1: Didn't you get it? Didn't you have it as part of like a big bundle of?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah like like a five them. album, yeah, box set or something. Yeah,
1: yeah, uh, you had that. You had the actual album at least once, didn't you?
0: I think so. And Did you I have had it, had had it, had on it on vinyl, vinyl as well? Yeah. Yeah. So you yeah. There we go. It is go. that good that I own it three times. If you want to get a sound purchase tapestry, TeePublic... Public. <laughs> and actually, go to StephSquatch.com and go, go through the merch store site there because finding it on TeePublic isn't necessarily easy right now. But if you click the link on StephSquatch.com, you will find the link to the merch store and you will go straight to our TeePublic site where you can order all your tapestry needs. I am Stefan, and this was A Sound Purchase, a podcast that does a deep dive to explore iconic recordings. Check the show notes, an up-to-date top tens list, our new merch offerings, and other musings at stephsquatch.com. You can engage with us on social media under the handle stephsquatchblog, Other episodes of A Sound Purchase are available at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts and StephSquatch.com. If you've enjoyed the sounds during today's episode, visit your local record store to pick up a copy of Angel Dust by Faith No More. This episode has been produced by Alex Shercliffe from Flying Dutchman support local businesses